welcome to episode nine of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me, as always, is my man Moss. How you doing today, partner? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. How are you doing? Man, I gotta say, I'm buzzing today. I'll tell you why. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Tech had a big win this weekend. Mm. On top of that, the Bruins had a big win. You know, they're a wagon. The Mm. Celtics are an absolute unit, just Mm. fucking winning game after game. Another wagon. And Mm. my Red Sox, our Red Sox, Mm. are in the World Series up a game already. They're about to play again right now. Yes, sir. What what could be better? Oh, (laughs) on top of it all, the Patriots are 5-2 and and back to dominating the AFC. Mm. Wow, Here's great a, to be me. You're gonna. <laughs> it's, it's been a great week for you so far. I, the only bad thing, getting my wisdom tooth out tomorrow. Oh, no bueno. But, good thing, you know, just more time to watch Texas Tech highlights at home. You gotta, you gotta watch your Coors Light consumption on uh, when you get those wisdom teeth taken out. Uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna be it a might cool... slow you down a little bit, to be honest. It's gonna be a, a nice, relaxed weekend. I, Watching I, Texas Tech and, my, and college football for your health, yeah. For All right, health. let's uh let's break down this game though. We had a big yeah. week with Tech, like you were saying. Absolutely, a forty-eight sixteen win against Kansas. Um, you know the boys played the way we wanted them to and got a big win. And guess who was back, Chris? Who the guy that I did not put in my FanDuel? Yep, our man Alan Bowman is yeah. back, and we are still bow men. Came out and he threw for four hundred yards. Three TDs. The kid is still great. He's fucking back, baby. That lung is pumping full of air. (laughs) Yeah, he looked really impressive. He knocked some rust off in that first quarter, for sure. The first half. And by the second half, he looked like the same old bowman slinging units. You know, he looks fantastic. I mean, it did not go at all uh, according to plan. Like I said in our last podcast, Jet Duffy only came in for what seemed to be like two minutes. Uh, three mm-hmm. through passes. He was 100% in completion. But uh, Cliff went with what you were saying is Alan Bowman is our guy and we should stick to our guns and say, you know, set a precedent that he's going to be our starting quarterback for the rest of the season and seasons to come, Ryan. I can't wait for this season and the seasons to come. And you know what? Bowman threw 46 passes back to the regular offensive plan. It's, it's great to see. He completed 36 of those too. That is an accurate motherfucker. And he threw a big block in, like, the very first series. So, you which know, is, he's, he's feeling good. Yeah, he's not afraid of that lung. He's not afraid of the contact, which is good to see. No shying away. Nope. That kid's confident. And you know who else was back, Chris? Who? TJ Vasher, one of the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? He looked fantastic. Five receptions, yeah. 79 yards, and one TD. Hell yeah, and the other Twin Tower, always, Antoine Vesley, another 155 yards in a TD, and you know what? He's now third in the country in receiving yards. This kid is a fucking machine. Wesley, stick around for another year, man. You and Vasher should go to the pros at the same time. Yeah, that would be unreal. Just get the boys back for another fucking year, maybe another couple, and let's get some fucking Yads TDs, best passing offense in the goddamn country. (laughs) Getting hyped up. There's still yeah. more to be hyped up, though, than just the wide receivers. You want to hop yeah, into mean, the running backs? Hell yeah. I mean, Henry and King were the guys this week. It seems like they're going to be the guys to go. I mean, Ward will definitely get in the mix when he's healthy. But Trey King, just running the ball hard downhill per usual. Henry has been an amazing freshman talent. I mean, he leads the team in rushing yards. He leads the team in TDs. He's going to be great for years to come as well. This young core is just fucking unreal. 
and I love watching them week in and week out. Is it, Has he played enough games that he's not considered to be a redshirt freshman if uh, Cliff benches him for the rest of the t- for the rest of the season, oh yeah, absolutely. He 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 can't. He can't. Okay, so he's he's yeah. in for the long haul this season then. Because I was thinking maybe they would hold him out on a couple. You know, if he he still had red shirt ab- availability, they would hold him out because they have such a deep uh, running back core. By the same time, he's been so good, and like I don't think even if you could get that red shirt, you you, you can't bench him. He's been uh, the number one running back basically. He's doing awesome, leading the team right now. Granted, he's leading the team because other guys got hurt, but he's really stepped up and and really showed he's a, a real talent. He's a good running back. I think you got to keep him in the offense. He's a he's a great part of it. And like for these big games coming up, you know that this three we have coming up right now, and then for bowl season and everything, this kid's gonna be great. Bowl season, Big Twelve championship season. We'll Hell be talking yeah, about it. We're in the mix. We are definitely in the mix. Yeah. All right. And so- I will say something about the offense just overall. Mm. As we can see with this week, when people are healthy, this offense fucking flies. That's true. I mean, we it, it, it was proven before. People got hurt. You know, we had a couple kind of off weeks. But people got healthy again, and it's the same thing. It doesn't matter who we're playing. This offense can fucking play when people are there. And we're going to really have to see that against Iowa State. Hell yeah. Let's, uh, you want to jump into the other side of the ball? Yeah, let's jump into the defense, man. Um, overall grade on the defense, Ryan, I would give them an, a solid B plus. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think B plus is pretty fair. Uh, you know, they held them to a short amount of yards, three hundred eighteen yards for Texas Tech. That's good when the other team it's gets really so good. many possessions since you're scoring so fast. Uh, only sixteen points, caused a couple turnovers. They controlled the game for sure. Um, the only thing that I'll give that drops them not in an A range down to the B plus. It's still letting up big plays, Chris. Yep. Turnovers. You got to limit those big plays, those explosive plays, because when you're playing a different team and, you know, they get momentum and maybe you can't control it as well as you did against a team like Kansas, those can come back and bite you. You know, they had a few 40-yard plays, a few 20-yard runs. We, we definitely got to limit explosive plays as a defense better. I just can't believe that they still have Peyton Bender playing as the quarterback for Kansas. He's god-awful. He's I think that just so shows you. bad. I think that just shows you they don't have anything better. They, I mean, that's essentially it. David Beatty might just be saying that's their number one quarterback, and the guy behind him is not even close because Bender is absolute garbage. You know, I kind of feel bad for Puka Williams. I mean, he's, so? he's so good. We saw, yeah. like, we saw flashes of how good he is. He can't just do it all himself. The real question is, does he stick around with Kansas next year, or does he transfer somewhere? Because he, honestly, well, the, he could probably play anywhere in the country how good he is. The thing is, if he transfers, you know, he's not going to get uh, the NCAA to give him a good reason to transfer so he can play next year. So he'll have to take a year off if he does so. And I, I don't know if he's going to do that. Yeah, that's that's just a tough situation for him to be in. You know, you you hope that this team would do better and he could shine a little bit brighter. But, you know, even when you're the best player on a shitty team, sometimes it can get you good enough looks. Valid. All right, well, but, we uh, had Dakota Allen with six tackles. We got Desmond Smith, four tackles. Adrian Fry, again, four tackles. Pass breakups as well. Colin Hill, three tackles. One, or no, two sacks. Jordan Brooks, yeah. three tackles. Who else? Demarcus Fields had a big sack also. Um, yeah, the, the defense played really well. You know, they, they basically held up when the offense gave the Kansas the ball in the red zone. I think we fumbled the ball, like, on the three-yard line, and we held Kansas to a field goal. So, 
big props to our defense. They, you know, they're showing everyone that things have changed and they're playing really well. Yeah, I love I love the seeing the pressure on the quarterback and being able to get back there. Um, I will just say that that the rush defense, the rush defense is the thing we need to improve on. Yeah, he was getting like five yards of carry, and they both, both busted open twenty yard runs. So you know, when we're going up against teams with better running backs, like or better run offenses in general, like next week against Iowa State, mm-hmm. you got to be able to stuff them on the run. Maybe we'll pack that box a little bit tighter, but you know, definitely got to be able to rush, uh, you know, halt the run the offense a little bit better. But other than that, yeah, defense was great again. Yeah, the problem is going into Iowa State with Montgomery is that he's a dual threat running back. He can catch and bounce to the outside, run hard, you know, in the box as well. So we're going to see what we're made of against Iowa State once again. I, we probably, I think, you know, the way things are trending, we're going to be up to, for the battle. So um, let's uh, let's bounce over to special teams now. You want to talk about our boy? Yeah, dude. Clayton Hatfield, fucking special teams player of the week in the Big 12. boy Clayton. He ain't missing still. The kid's on fire. I mean, one of the best kickers we've ever seen. He's got the best kicking percentage in Texas Tech history, and I don't see him slowing down. Having that guy for clutch kicks is going to be so huge down the road when we're down the, you know, playing these big time games and having someone you can count on if you got, you know, stuffed on third down and you have to kick a field goal. That's massive knowing that you have someone you can count on. It's going to kick it right up through the uprights. I think he hit a 58 yarder in that game. It's a fucking diesel kick for a college kid. Right. Yeah, I think he hit, I don't know, it's 48, 48 long. Yeah. Still, that's fucking long for a college kid. He's got a fucking boot on him. Mm-hmm. And Dom, you know, averaged 45 yards a punt again, so he's playing well. Um, Not like he punted often, but it was still great to see. Am I right? No, I, I love it when he doesn't punt often, but yeah, he played really well. It's going to be really big against Iowa State. I saw that they're kicking, they're, they, their special teams are struggling a little bit on kicking. Uh, West Virginia got, you know, blocked one, you know, returned it for a touchdown, so... The line in that game is three, so you know that might be really big for us having a better special teams unit than Iowa State. Um, field position, baby, field position. Let's uh, let's bounce over to pros. I want to lead it off with my man Alan Bowman coming in and slinging that unit around and showing what he's made of. Yeah, I mean it was it was the biggest pro of them all having him healthy, showing that he is our starting QB. Um, you know, again, I think our pro is our special teams. I really think Dom and especially Clayton Hatfield showed that even in a game that could be overlooked, they were locked in, especially Hatfield. So all props for him. Massive pro for us. Yeah, um, my my biggest pro uh, besides Alan Bowman, but it kind of goes with him, is health. I like to see a healthy team out there. And the fact that we can, you know, the train staff getting these guys ready, getting them back on the field. That's massive because a healthy team down the stretch is the most key thing in college football. Especially with Texas Tech when they're trying to sling it out to as many people as possible in that air raid system. So having a really healthy team opens up our big options on the outside. And, you know, we saw that in the TCU game and we saw that against West Virginia. When we got the Twin Towers playing at 100%, then we're a threat to anyone in the country. Yeah, and it opens it up for the slot receivers in, in, on the inside. And, and you saw that this week. I mean, today on high... Seth Collins, Seth fucking Collins. Kishon, yeah, Seth Collins got in the end zone. Hell yeah, baby. Yep. Um, Sean Carter, all those guys. When you got those big outside threats and you have to key on them, it just opens up the middle. It opens up the run game. It opens up everything. So healthy team, healthy offensive line again, which is massive. Um, you know, giving our guys a little bit more time and and helping block up field for that run game. I, I love seeing a healthy team and seeing Deshaun out there. God, I like seeing everybody out there. I'm 
jazzed up, Chris. <laughs> You're jazzed up. All right, well, I'm going to hop into our last pro, and I think probably our first con is the defense. The defense played really well. They were able to stop big plays. Or, I'm sorry, they were able to stop plays. You know, they held them to only 16 points. They held them in the red zone. They played well overall, but at the same time, we let up big plays with Puka Williams and other running backs against Kansas. So that's something that Tech has always been susceptible to is these big plays. You know, most college teams are. But when we're trying to, you know, establish, you know, third and long, we can't be, you know, having that in the back of our minds that they can bust through on a third and 12, third and 14. So having that locked down is going to be really important in the future. Yeah, Ryan, do you have, do you have any cons here? Honestly, I, I think the big play defense is all I can think of as far as cons. Um, and like everything else seemed to go great. And I, I just actually, let me kick it to another pro because I don't have another fucking con. And that's not playing down to teams we should dominating a team we should dominate and playing a game start to finish you know it all goes together and it's it's just great to see when texas tech is playing at their level no matter what competition it is yeah like people were saying this might be a trap game because they were overlooking kansas towards iowa state but they came out and proved that they were locked in uh the only other uh the only other con that i have is turnovers you know king let up a fumble and i think we had another fumble like we had another fumble yeah. on the three-yard line, but turnovers seem to be an issue. I know that Kansas has the most turnovers of, of any team by a long shot in the Big 12. I think they have something hmm. like 15 turnovers. Really? Uh, yeah, they're really, they have the most interceptions as well. So that was the only other con, but, you know, we played well. I'm going to give an overall grade of Texas Tech versus Kansas of a, a solid B. Um, what do you think? I think a B. I yeah. think a B is fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um I like that. I think that's that's pretty good. And and just my last point about this game is um I just want to point out to everyone at home that uh, I kind of called this game. Bowman did great, and we won by thirty in the forties to the teens range, which is kind of exactly what I fucking said. Yeah, you called it, and I did not. Yeah, it's all good though, brother, because we got a big win, and you also called a big win. <laughs> well, looking ahead here, we got Iowa State. At Iowa State, the line opened up at plus five and a half for Iowa State. It's now moved to three and a half, so people are right in tech. And the over is 56. Um, what are your initial thoughts about the game, Ry? My initial thoughts are that I think we can win this game. It's going to be a tough one, and it's really going to come down to ball control because what we saw Iowa State do in their last game against West Virginia is really control the clock. They were able to run it so successfully with Montgomery. He's getting six and a half yards of carry against them. They just held the ball for so long. And and when they packed the box to cover Montgomery, their quarterback, you know, he can let it fly. He's also a true freshman and a, a good player. And when they started disrespecting him, uh, what's his name, Purdy, you know, mm-hmm. he came out and he made the place he needed to. The offense was clearly revolved around the run game. But when they needed to, they threw it. And I think that getting stops and getting the ball in our guys' hands is going to be huge because West Virginia did not have the ball often. I mean, they only West Virginia was only able to run something like four, in the 40s of plays, and they normally run the 80s. Will Greer only had 15 pass attempts. Like, yeah. that's not a way to win a game. What we need to do is be able to control the clock, get the stops we need, and get the ball in our offense's hands so they can make the plays that we know they can. And if yeah. we can do that, I think we can win. Yeah, Iowa State looked like the real deal on offense and in defense. I think we're going to have an issue against this cloud coverage that everyone keeps talking about against Iowa State. 
Iowa State's dominated the last two meetings against Texas Tech. They blew Patrick Mahomes out at Imes like 62 to, I don't know, like 13. And they beat Nick Shimanek at home last year by 20 points. But this is a new Texas Tech team, and I think this is a new Iowa State team. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Iowa State's definitely playing a lot better than what they were doing at the beginning of the season. And I think the same goes for Tech. So, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game, a tough one. Um, you know, Iowa State's coming off a bye, so they've had some time to they've had some time to you know strategize against Tech's offense and look at the holes in Tech's defense. But I think we're going to be up for the challenge on this one for sure. Yeah, what, what I'm going to be really interested in in this game is what Iowa State offense comes to play because you've seen such sporadic showings from them. I mean, last game against West Virginia, they put up 30 and they dominate the ball. Against Oklahoma State, they put up 48, even though uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, they're actually the second worst defense in the Big 12 play behind Kansas right now. So that's not all. That's impressive. But I mean, Oklahoma State is an absolute garbage fire since Tech beat them. But against TCU, they only put up 14 at home against Akron, only 26. And that's Akron. I mean, Oklahoma's got a shit defense and they put up 27 against them, which is pretty good. But when they played Iowa week one at home, they only got three points. Yeah. So what what Iowa State offense are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that dominates the ball and can run out a clock? Or are we going to get the team that just doesn't show up? So I think that's going to be a really interesting part of this game. And I think it's great for Tech that this is an early morning. I think it's they're playing at noon or 11 a.m. Um, you know, the home crowd advantage is not going to be as strong as it would be if you're playing at Iowa State at night. So, And Texas Tech is better on the road this year. So I think they're ready to play. Yeah, I mean, we've had some dominant road wins. I mean, Oklahoma State and TCU, those are massive road wins. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we haven't shied away when playing in a tough environment. You're 100% right. So it's going to – I'm just – I'm really – got to stop this run. That's what this team needs to do, stop the run. And hopefully we can, you know, with one-on-one coverage on the outside with Fry and Deshaun over the top, uh, hopefully that will be enough to stop the pass when they try to go to it. All right, so, Ryan, give me your three keys to the game and give me a prediction on the score. All right, three keys to the game. Number one. Clock control. You got to get the stops and you can't let Iowa State just run out the clock and get, you know, run, 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 pass, run, 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 pass. Number two, kind of number two is getting the off the pass game going. You said the cloud coverage. That's going to be tough to beat. But getting the outside guys going, the twin towers going and being able to, you know, then hit the slot guys when you get a chance and run it when you need to. And then the third key to the game for me is going to be field position. Like you said, special teams are going to play a big part in this game because it's going to be a close one. If we are getting good field position stops early, and when we need to punt, if you know Dom can pin them back deep, that's going to be massive because it's going to change the whole dynamic of the game. And if I'm going to give my prediction, I'm going to say Tech's going to win this one. It's not going to be a blow. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be somewhere around 28 to 24 Texas Tech. Yeah. I'm, what about I'm, what I'm about you? Right with you, right there with you, brother. Uh, keys to the game, right? We got to get our running game going early and strong. We got to get Trey King in the ball in his hands. We got to get DeLeon Ward healthy. We need to get Felton running downhill in the game as well. And then we need to bounce it outside with Henry. So as long as our running game's going real well, we can open up the outside passing lanes for Bowman to Vasher and Anton Wesley. And then we can hit him in the slot. So I think that's one and two, getting the passing game going and getting the running game going. And then I think... I think this is the biggest thing. We need to take advantage to our, of our opportunities when they come. Big opportunities. Because I think we're going to have some massive third downs in this game. I think that goes for both sides of the ball. I think Iowa State's going to have some big third downs. And I think Tech's going to have some big third downs. 
Now, I think it goes to coaching. I think Cliff has got to play a smart game in this one, just like he did against TCU. I think he needs to know when to go for it on fourth down because it might come down to the wire. He knows when he needs to know when he needs he needs to know when he needs to punt it, and he has faith in Dom. We need to pin him back there. But I think it's going to be a coaching battle, and then I think it's just going to be a tough battle between a good defense and a great offense, and then a good defense and a decent offense for Iowa State. But I think the score is going to go a little bit higher in this one because I think Tech's going to hit him in the mouth early. And then I think Iowa State's going to stop running the ball so much with Ty Montgomery or Montgomery. And then I think they're going to have to let it fly. So I think Tech can actually put up around 40 points on them. And I think we might, you know, let up, you know, maybe within that four to five touchdown range. So I think it's going to come down to maybe like 42 to like 35. So I would, you know, I'm going to go over on this and I would also take Tech to win. And plus the points. So, yeah, that's my breakdown for the game. And that's that's my projection. Uh, let's move on to uh, Cliff Notes. Yeah, fuck it. Let's get to Cliff Notes. And uh, and it's going to be a good one in this battle of the true freshman QBs. And, you know, what I want to start with Cliff Notes is kind of what you were hitting on, which is coaching battle this week. I mean, it's going to be an interesting one to see. He's got to come to play. He's got to have a good game plan. And then after this week, he's got two more big weeks ahead of him. This is the biggest three-week sprint that we have. Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Texas. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas are at home. That's going to be awesome. But, you know, we got to get this win first. But then we got to move on and we got to be ready. And Cliff's got to coach the boys up. And, you know, we got to get these big three wins. If we can get all three of these, we're primed for a goddamn Big 12 championship. If we can get two of these, we're still in the hunt. You know, like we got two top 10 teams coming after a hard Iowa State team. I know they're three and three, but they're still good. This is going to be massive really for good. Cliff. Cliff massive. has to coach the boys up. This is a um, massive revenge game for Cliff Kingsbury. Actually, one of the guys in the press asked him about that game two years ago. And he goes, do you remember anything from that blowout loss? And he goes, no, I blacked out. So Cliff, <laughs> Cliff, Cliff is ready for this. This is a massive rivalry game for him. He's gotten, his ki- he's gotten his teeth kicked in two years in a row. He's ready for this. I think the entire squad is ready for this. So they're really hyped up. Yeah, I think, Cl- I mean, and I think Cliff is showing that he is one hell of a coach. I mean, he's sticking around. If he wins these next, if he wins two of the next three games, we got to give him an extension. We got to give him an extension so he can start recruiting new talent. Right? That's the reason Tech's recruiting class isn't so great because he's he doesn't know when his contract's up, and if he's not going to stick around, then why is he going to recruit for Texas Tech? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to see him for years to come, and I hope he can build this offense out even better and better. I mean, I've, I feel like eventually he might make the move to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL, but I hope I we can get Cliff for as long as possible. I could definitely see that. Uh, do you want to hop into our next segment here? Yeah, uh, it's called Raiders in the NFL, but you people at home might know better as the Mahomes Minute. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> the Mahomes Minute. The entire, the entire show of ESPN now is just the Mahomes Minute. Yeah, I mean, the kid's a god. He's still dominating. That Monday night game was an absolute joke. I mean, 45 to 10 is insane. The Bengals, I mean, they couldn't do shit. They couldn't stop him worth a fucking dime. Uh, I don't know what else to say. The kid's unreal. Thank you for calling the fan's favorite Red Raider Outfitter. This is Vanessa. How can we help you? Hey, Vanessa, this is Chris on the Raider Power Podcast. You're live on air. Do you have anything to say about Texas Tech playing Iowa State this week? Yeah, we're going to win. Go Tech. Oh, thank you so much. Let's get a Raider power. Raider. Raider. Power. Well, thank you so much. 
Thank you. Go Tech. And just there you have it, folks. The people are buzzing and everyone's ready for a big Texas Tech win down in Lubbock. The, the boys and the girls are buzzing. This is going to be a massive game. So, uh, yeah, Raider power. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, all right, let's hop into our last and final segment. I'm jazzed up now. And let's give a shout out to our sponsor, the Red Raider Outfit. When you need to get to your tech game in Lubbock, they'll keep you fresh. Uh, let's talk about this week's big games, man. All right. What a little gambler picks for the people at home. Who we got first uh, here, right? Let's go with number nine, Florida, going in to play number seven, Georgia. Georgia is a six and a half point favorite in this big time battle of two top ten teams. So this game is going to be an interesting one because both of these teams kind of have uh, uh, no explosive offense, in my opinion. Uh the Georgia D can be had, but I don't know if Florida can really air it out to take advantage of that secondary. Um, this Georgia offense has been a lot slower than you would think last year. You know, they lost, which you, no one saw coming. Uh, Fromm really hasn't been what he was last year. Uh, are they going to put fields in the game? I don't know. But this game, I think it's going to be a slow, slug it out, kind of boring game, in my opinion. Uh, how do you feel? I couldn't agree more with you. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think Georgia's run offense is too good for Florida. So I think I would take the Bulldogs in this one, Ry. Yeah, you know, I think the Bulldogs will win. I don't know if how I feel about that six-and-a-half-point spread. I mean, it's in Georgia, which is always good for them. I, I honestly, you know, you wouldn't think it with these two top-ten powerhouses, but I, I think I'll lean under, if anything, under in a Georgia win. But I don't I, – I, this is another game where it's a top-ten matchup. And for some reason, I'm not excited. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too excited about it either, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's just going to be like a whatever game. Um, so fuck it. Let's move on. All right, let's uh, move on to number fourteen, Washington State at number twenty-four, Stanford. Stanford is a three-point favorite. Which way are you leaning? I'm going with Wazoo again. Uh, oh, I wrote them yeah, last baby. week. I wrote them last week, and and they were great. Um, you know, their offense can fucking fly. Uh, I'm, I, I love this Wazoo team. Um, I mean, Stanford, they've been okay. They got Bryce Love back, which is big for them. It, it obviously, like, he's their focal point of their offense. But this Wazoo team, I mean, they're pretty legit. They are much better than I would have thought at the beginning of the season. Their offense is great, and I know that Stanford is a slug-it-out team, and they like to slow it down, but I don't know if they're going to be able to stop this Washington State pass attack. I'm going Wazoo, plus three. I might even take them to win. That's exactly what I'm feeling. I think I nailed it last week when I was talking about how good of a coach Mike Leach is. That dude can make nothing turn into something really special. And I think that's what he did here with Washington State. Um, I honestly think, Ryan, they blow him out of the water. I think they win by two touchdowns. So I'm going to take Washington State to win that game. I'm with you, brother. Um, Let's go for one more big game. Uh, Number 18, Iowa going into play number 17 Penn State down at Happy Valley in Beaver Stadium. Uh, Penn State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this Big Ten matchup. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about these two kind of grinded-out teams? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be a grinded-out game. But the real question is, is Penn State's defense going to show up? Because I think Iowa State—I mean, I think Iowa's defense is going to show up. I think they can show up against any team in the country. Um, the re- I think that line might be a little too big for Penn State— I think that it comes down to a field goal. I think I think in maybe three. I think Penn State wins by around three points. 
Okay. Um, I lean a little bit different on this one. I, I know it's in, at Penn State, which is always hard to play. Uh, but when I look at these two teams, like it's two quarterbacks that aren't great. You know, you got McSorley for Penn State, you got Stanley for Iowa. But I think I, Stanley's a better quarterback. And honestly, I, I think that this Iowa team is pretty legit. I think they're going to slow down this Penn State offense. Um, Penn State defense is, is, is not great as it always has been. And I think that if Iowa trusts their quarterback and they let Stanley kind of throw it a little bit more than they normally do, I think that they can get a win here. I mean, mm. they lost by by 11 at home to Wisconsin, but they were winning towards the end, and, and some bad things happened, and they kind of blew it. But I think uh, I'm going to go for another upset on the road. I don't just think that Iowa covers. I think Iowa can win this game, and I think the six-and-a-half-point line is, I don't know if maybe they know something I don't know, but for some reason I have this penned as a, a bit too high. Mm, me too. Uh, you have any other games you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to highlight one other that might not seem like a, a big game to, to some folk, but to me I think it's a really cool game to highlight, and it's going to be Miami going to play BC this Friday night. And the reason I want to highlight this game is not just because it's a nice big ACC rivalry, but because it's the BC Red Bandana game. Chris, have you ever heard of the Red Bandana game? I have not. Enlighten me. So the Red Bandana game is a tradition every year at BC, and it it celebrates a BC lacrosse player who, um, during the 9-11 attacks, uh, he worked in one of the Twin Towers. And when his building got hit, uh, he actually went back up and forth and saved tens of people, like bringing them down the stairs and leading them to safety while just always just kind of putting himself on the line. He was actually a... um, a volunteer volunteer fireman as well and his father had always taught him to kind of have a red bandana in his pocket it was kind of his thing and uh when the flames were happening he was he was putting the red bandana over his mouth and it came out later when people were saying like a, a man saved me you know he he had a red bandana and he, he winged back up and he kept going up and that's when they figured out that who it was and ever since then bc's had a, a celebratory game called the red bandana game that uh honors him and wow. this game BC always has it in a big night game. They always really fucking come to play. It's an emotional night for the BC folk. It's a big game for them. Last year, the Red Bandana game was against Florida State. I was at the game. BC was huge dogs, and I hammered them, and BC dominated the game. BC always comes out for this game. Miami, their offense isn't that great. Um, They're going with a different quarterback this game, I think. Um and BC, they got A.J. Dillon. They said A.J. Dillon is back and ready to play. And that guy is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in college football. So I think that A.J. Dillon comes out. He runs all over it. The BC fans are going fucking wild. And I love BC in the red bandana game this week. Wow, I can't argue with that. I would also ride Boston College in that one. Hell yeah. Um, and, you know, that's your feel-good moment. Uh, and let's move into the rest of the Big 12, Chris. This is a big, big 12 week in oh, conference yeah. play. Massive. Uh, you want to start it off? Let's start off with the the weekday game. Uh, it's actually on Thursday tomorrow, um, or I guess for the people listening today. And it's Baylor at West Virginia, number thirteen, West Virginia. West Virginia is a fourteen point favorite. What do you feel about this one? It's gonna be a high scoring game, Ryan. Uh, West Virginia, you know, they're not playing where they need to be. Um, I think Baylor's getting better, definitely better than you know what we saw at the beginning of the season. And West Virginia doesn't look as good as they did at the beginning of the season. But I don't know about that line, about two touchdowns. You know, I could see it being a blowout, but I could also see it being just a back-and-forth offensive showing. So it might come down to whoever has the ball in their hands last 
or West Virginia just blows them out of the water. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the game. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure, but I'm just going to stay away from that line. Yeah, um, I think what's really interesting here is is definitely that West Virginia's defense hasn't been what we would expect, nope. and Baylor has those big outside weapons. And uh, like you said, I think that this is going to be a lot of points scored. Both teams had a bye week last year to prepare, or last week to prepare for this, and I think it kind of comes down to coaching. And Dana's gonna Dana's gonna be the better coach, and I think West Virginia definitely gets to win at home. I could see them covering, but I don't think it's going to be an easy cover. I, I could see in the fourth quarter them pulling away and covering, but I think I also will stay away from this. But I agree. Tomorrow night, great weekday, fucking uh, primetime game to watch. For sure. Let's move on to TCU at Kansas. TCU is a 14-point favorite. Um, Any initial thoughts on this one? Uh, Yeah, I mean, Kansas, as we know, is a real hit-or-miss team. Sometimes they come out and play. Sometimes they suck. But TCU... 14-point dogs on the or favorites on the road, I don't love that. This TCU team hasn't looked great on offense. And beyond that, their star wide receiver, Turpin, mm. uh, he just got arrested and kicked off the team. Yeah, I heard he's facing up to a year in prison at- for assaulting uh, a family member. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And, uh, I mean, he was uh, second in the Big 12 in all-purpose yards before this. He was their most dangerous weapon by far. And without him... I mean, I know that their defense can hold Kansas to low scoring, but I don't know if they can score. Uh, Robinson hasn't been great at quarterback. Are we going to see Collins like we did last week? I just don't see TCU covering this, honestly. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, gross game. you got to think that TCU's morale as a team has got to be in the dumpster, huh? It's got to be, dude. They have a tough season so far. Oh, yeah, and they were projected to be pretty good this year. Um, I'm going to be with you on that one. I think Kansas actually can hold them to you know under 14 points to win this game. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be kind of an interesting game. I think Kansas has a you know an upset in their in their books this year. Problem is TCU literally has to win out. They have to win out the next like few games for them to be bowl eligible. So it's either like the TCU morale is that far down in the dumpster, or Kansas is just gonna take advantage of a hurt and upset TCU team. So I'm gonna take Kansas with you on this. Uh, moving on, we got Kansas State at number eight, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 24 and a half point favorite. Uh, man, I just see Oklahoma blowing them out of the water. What about you? I mean, we've both been on the fade Kansas State train all season long. They um, are terrible. They are terrible, but the I just, I mean, Oklahoma did just dust TCU, but the, the I, for some reason, I just don't know if they're going to blow out the team. I think it's going to be a stay away from me, even though I've been on the fade Kansas State train. Oklahoma has looked, you know, they look good coming off their loss, but... I, I'm staying away. I don't know what the fuck to think. 24 and a half points is so many fucking points. Yeah, and Kansas State did just beat Oklahoma State, so maybe they're going to be riding high after that after that win. Um, I'm going to stay with you on that one. I'm probably going to fade it. Uh, let's move on to our biggest game probably this week for you know trying to get uh, you know actually let's just move on to number six Texas at Oklahoma State. Texas is a three and a point three and a half point favorite. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? My thoughts on this one is why the fuck is the line only three and a half points? Allinger is hurt. I know he's banged up, but they said he's going to play. That's the only reason I can think of. I mean, this, this Oklahoma State team, as I mentioned earlier, they have this in, in conference play. They're the second worst defense behind Kansas. They've been letting up points to everyone. Yeah. And like, we know, we know Ellinger's like, banged up and whatever. And Oklahoma State is leading the conference in sacks. They get to the quarterback. 
but they don't make stops. They get too much pressure downfield, and they let up big plays. They've been doing it all season long, and they also haven't been strong at home, even though they have such a great environment. I just think that this three-and-a-half-point line, I think Texas Ellinger, I think he's going to be okay. He's going to come out and have a big game. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to really be able to do much against the Texas defense, and I really think that Texas dominates this game from start to finish. Oklahoma State might get some hits on Ellinger, and if they hit him early and maybe injure him or he gets a little rattled, that could make it stay close. But if that doesn't happen, I think Texas is going to get some big plays, and and I think it's going to be a route. You know, what I think Vegas is thinking, and exactly what I was thinking at the beginning of the year, is is Texas good? And they've proved that they're really good. Now the question is, are they number six worthy, right? And if they are, this line should be at least two touchdowns. If they're that good, if the AP poll is ranking them at six in the country, why in the hell are they going against Oklahoma State, who's looked terrible, and they're only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite? I'm with you, man. I think Texas is the real deal. Um, They're going to come into Oklahoma State and blow them out. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair for Texas. So uh, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, man. Um I'm so confused about this line still, but yeah, that wraps it up. Let's let's go. Red Sox are playing, huh? Yeah, let's get. um, I got the Sox game on over here behind us. Uh, Let's go Sox. Let's go Texas Tech. Let's have a big weekend for the boys. And uh, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns Guns up, up, baby. Baby. Woo.